Hi, I'm Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing that I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. This is a Soulfire production. Episode number 107. Hey everyone, it's your friend Avanti and welcome to a holiday edition of the Healing Catalyst podcast. Woohoo! Yes, I am so excited because we are cruising into my favorite time of the year. Well, actually, my favorite time of the year already kicked off last week with the Indian New Year of Diwali. So, Diwali Mubarak to all of you who are listening who celebrate. And now this week when this episode is going live, it's Thanksgiving week in the United States. And I don't know about you, but I have already gone to the grocery store twice to start prepping for Thanksgiving, and it's only Monday. It'll be Tuesday when you guys hear this, but it's Monday when I'm recording this. And we are hosting Thanksgiving at our house this year and have 16 people coming over, which, you know, after the year we've had is so much more special and joyful for us. And I have so many fun things planned for the family to make it so much more fun because If there's one thing I've really learned this past year, it's that I have to have more fun. You know, my husband Kanwar and my daughter Isha are the masters of fun in our house. I always joke that they both avoid eating and sleeping because eating and sleeping get in the way of having fun for both of them. (laughs) For example, in our house, as soon as it's November 1st, Kanwar and Isha will start listening to holiday music to the point that it is so incredibly annoying to me and my son Zane. So we actually have a rule in our house that the holiday music is only allowed from November 1st to December 31st. Because if we didn't have this rule, Kanwar and Isha would be singing holiday songs all year long. And the thing is that they both have really, really good voices. So they can sing and it's really fun. But and it's so annoying because, you know, holiday songs in the middle of June. Yeah, I, I just don't feel it anyway. So the holiday music is on at home and the holiday lights and decorations are already up because we put them up last week for the volley. And now we have an extra table and extra chairs coming tomorrow. And I'm pulling out everything to set a beautiful table, candles and vases and plates and napkins, because honestly, setting the table is my favorite part of Thanksgiving dinner. I love setting the table. And I have the coolest table setting in mind for this year. So I'll post some pictures on IG later this week so you can see what I did. But it involves oranges and candles and flowers. And that's all I'll tell you. So yes, the holidays are in full swing over here at the Sings house. And yes, I am determined to have more fun this year because it's so easy to get busy taking care of logistics like planning the food and the drinks and yes, setting the table that the fun gets lost. So I hope that you'll all find more ways to have more fun and be more silly and laugh more during all the holidays that you celebrate in the next few weeks. Another thing that I learned this past year is that forgiveness is such a big part of healing. At least it was for me. And so when I was thinking about what to talk to you about today, given that this episode is coming out during Thanksgiving week, 
I thought about how the holidays are filled with events that bring us together with our friends and our family, which is often a both and for many of us. It's both wonderful and exciting and also stressful and triggering. And I thought that talking to you about forgiveness might be really helpful as you head into the holiday season this week. And so I enlisted the help of one of my favorite people who is not only a colleague and a mentor to me, but also one of my dearest friends and who also happens to be an amazing physician and teacher and activist and author and TEDx speaker. Pretty much she's an incredible human being, Dr. Thinmeet Sethi. Now, many of you have heard Dr. Sethi on the podcast because she's already been on the podcast several times. And today is actually her fourth appearance on the podcast. And for good reason. She's so wise and she has so much to teach us and to share with us. But let me give you her full bio because I could just keep going on and on about how incredible she is. Dr. Thanmeet Sethi is an integrative and psychedelic medicine physician, author, TEDx speaker, and activist who has dedicated her career to care for the most marginalized patients in Seattle's refugee, uninsured, and unhoused populations, as well as global communities traumatized by man-made and natural disasters as senior faculty for the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. Her first book, Joy is My Justice, Reclaim Yours Now, published in May of 2023, just earlier this year, is a radical call to claim joy as our birthright, the deepest liberation we can know and a path to power through oppression. She is also a clinical associate professor at the University of Washington and a primary clinical investigator there on the sacred plant medicine psilocybin. In her clinical practice, she weaves modern and ancient medicine to catalyze the most profound healing in her patients. In our conversation today, Dr. Sethi and I talk about forgiveness and the difference between forgiveness and grace and the idea of loving for love's sake. This is a special bonus episode that's based on a personal conversation that I was having with Thanmeeth, with Dr. Sethi. And I asked her if we could talk about it more here on the podcast, and she agreed. And it was really because the experience that she was sharing with me was so deeply healing for her and so profound for me to witness and hold space for and to learn about from her. So this is an episode where all of you get to listen to me and Thanmeeth, two friends, talking about suffering, forgiveness, grace, and love. I am so, so very honored to bring you this beautiful conversation with my mentor, my friend, my sister, Dr. Thanmeet Sethi, about expanding our own heart's capacity to feel and love on this special holiday edition of the Healing Catalyst podcast. And one more thing, I just want to express my deep gratitude to each and every one of you for coming back and tuning in every single week to this podcast and sticking with me this past year with all of the sporadic episodes that have not always been every week, but mostly every week. I really appreciate your support helping me grow this podcast. It's growing every day. And I couldn't have done this without all of you. I do this for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Thanmeet. 
How are you, my dear? I'm good, Avanti. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here with you too. Thank you for doing this with me on such short notice. You know, for the listeners, this is based on a conversation, a personal conversation that Dr. Sethi and I were having last week about some things, some experiences that she was going through. And I asked her if she would be willing to talk about it on the podcast. And mostly because there were some big ahas that we both had that I felt like I was learning so much from her experience. And I thought that it would be really, really helpful for all of you. And so this is actually sort of a bonus episode. And when you guys will be hearing this, it'll be actually the week of Thanksgiving in November here in the United States. And I thought this might be a really great episode, something to reflect upon for all of you as well, because I've been in deep reflection actually since we talked last Wednesday, Thanmeeth, about this. And so let's just jump in. We're going to be talking about, you know, suffering, about forgiveness, grace, expanding your love within your own heart for yourself. I mean, some really big, profound things. So I'm so excited. And, you know, this is really sort of for the listeners, maybe sort of an inside peek, like you're sitting with me and Thanmeeth while we're having a mm-hmm. talk over coffee or chai or something like that. So. Um, I think the best place maybe to start than me is forgiveness and grace. You know, this is something you wrote pretty extensively about in your first book, which came out this past year, Joy is My Justice. And uh, let's start with that. You know, what is, from your perspective, the difference between forgiveness and grace? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, this was big, right? In my book, I speak of about tools that we use for justice to really reclaim power and joy back in our body. And I'm not opposed to forgiveness, but it never really worked for me. And what I realized was that grace was a much fiercer and softer place to be. So for me, the difference is that forgiveness is what the world asks of you and grace is what you ask back from the world. That is the simplest way I can distinguish them. And really what grace is, it comes, as you probably know, from the Latin for gratis, for thankful, apropos for this week in the U.S. And really what it is, is a bold act of reclaiming space, in my opinion, in the way I see it, is that I can have, instead of forgiveness, people might think they're very similar, and I think they are, but the nuance, the the difference, the nuance is very important to me is that when I give myself grace for something I've done wrong, what I'm doing is giving myself space to be human and giving myself space to know that these are the acts of being human, making mistakes, erring, having flaws. And if I give someone else grace who has wronged me, I'm also giving them space for being human and the space to maybe not be in my life. I don't need to have them in my life anymore, but I can give them grace for being human and let them go do their own work. So for me, grace is a much more active reclaiming on my part. Because what you're saying, I guess, is that it's an internal sort of something that you do from within for yourself as well. Whereas forgiveness is something almost outside of yourself. That's kind of what image is to me is like forgiveness is this big word sitting right outside of you in front of you. 
And grace is sitting inside of you, inside of your heart, mm. right? Yeah, That's I like the way you put that. What I'm imaging and, you know, because I, I have struggled with this word forgiveness as well, you know, and I've actually, you know, and I shared this with you last week that I've spent much of my time thinking about forgiveness and even trying to talk about it with my kids, with my family members, with students, with patients about sort of this idea of forgiveness as a gift to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's these different levels of truth, which we'll get to in just a minute. But I have I have struggled with that because I see it as a gift to myself for sure and a gift to somebody else. But this is something so much more profound again, because again, the way that I have, you know, for many years thought about it, it was very much about this forgiveness word outside of me almost versus mm -hmm. inside of me. Even though I was trying to look at it as, as a gift, I think what you sort of shared with me last week was so profound because I had all these ahas about this, this idea of grace in the way that you explained it to me last week. That was really, really profound for me. So let me just stop for one second and can we do a hypothetical? Because that also, I think, will help maybe put this into context. And so it's sort of this like bigger... It is a big idea, but sometimes putting it into a story. So one example that I thought of is, you know, and again, this is not any person, one's personal experience specifically, but I find that this is a very human common experience of this idea of, you know, if you've had a difficult relationship with someone, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, and this person maybe has been unkind to you, hurtful, even abusive, emotionally, physically, any of those things, right? And you've done whatever work throughout your life trying to, you know, to work through this relationship. But you come to this point where perhaps they're very, very sick in the hospital or they are in their last week's days on their deathbed, per se, right? Maybe you're caring for them at home. I know I've had a personal experience like this, right? How do you distinguish that idea of forgiveness versus grace in that example? Yeah, I think this is a really common one. And I've been through it too. For me in that example, if I, for me, the reason forgiveness makes me a little bit bristle and doesn't fit my healing practice is because in that experience, I am then with that person and forgiveness feels like more work on my heart that I have to dig up what they have done and tell and say to myself or to them, forgiveness can be an inner right. process, right? Yeah. That it's all okay. Um, but often it's not okay. Right. You know, it's still not okay. You know, yeah. that it's still not something I can excuse or something that I can give that kind of absolute qualification to. And instead, if in that time I ask myself, can I offer grace to either this person or to myself? And often, especially if the wrong was particularly hurtful, I feel at least that I can offer grace to myself for having been hurt, for having suffered, and for being human enough to not know what to do with it you know, how to navigate this moment now. And so grace allows this space to be created so that I can heal 
Whereas forgiveness feels like a very binary to me. And it's not that it doesn't work for people. We have all kinds of great science around it. I think that it's a beautiful thing. It's just for me, when I think of reclaiming justice in my body and my healing practice, as I wrote about in the book, it really feels like that soft space allows me some distance. And in fact, we have neuroscience you know, around what is called in the science psychological distancing that I think is at work for me in this offering of grace, which is that I'm able to kind of zoom out as if it were a movie and say, who needs grace in this situation? And sometimes it's the other person. Often it's me. You know, and then it becomes an act of service to myself as well. Once I can give myself enough soft grace, sometimes I can even extend that to the other person. And I do if I can. So for me, that's how this process feels more fluid than forgiveness. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what that brought up for me was this thought of that space that you create with grace that you're talking about. It also allows for emotions for, I feel like it would allow me to have my emotions, anger, sadness, fear, what disappointment, any of those feelings, like there's that space quite literally to have those emotions about my relationship with this person or the situation or the experience, right? Whereas forgiveness, like you said, it's a little bit binary and it, kind of, and maybe this is the way we're programmed from when we're young about the idea, the concept of forgiveness is that it's like, okay, I got to forgive the other person. So I'm just going to say done, it's done, it's done. You know, I'm not Mm going to think about what happened. I'm letting it go. Right. Perhaps there's not that space for emotions, for, for feeling what you feel. I don't know. I agree. I think what you're really talking about is this idea of holding many things. And for me, it's never been, um, I have not been, it's not been possible for me to heal without holding many things. And that sort of not holding it for me feels contrived and a little bit like false positivity. I'm not saying that forgiveness is false. What I'm saying is that in some situations, it doesn't fit my revolution. It doesn't help me create the space, as you said, for those multitude of emotions. And when we go into the truths of it, I'm happy to share that I also, like you, had an experience where I was sitting with someone in those times of sort of understanding this person has hurt me and now I'm here to care for them. And I had already given this person much grace. And what I learned was something much deeper, which I think was what we'll get into. And so I think, though, the reason I bring that up now is because I think that grace allows those deeper levels to emerge. It's just coming to me as we're speaking. It is Mm -hmm. like we're having chai. Um, (laughs) But I do think that grace allows things to untangle. It allows things to unfurl. There's space to have more. And then I can find more and lean into more. And so that's why it's more liquid and fluid for me than the solidness of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was this idea was so profound for me when we started talking about it in this way. 
something just clicked because I have, like I was saying, really spent a lot of time thinking about this idea of forgiveness since I was a kid. And it's always been sort of this idea of, okay, well, I'm not, I, when I forgive someone, I'm not trying to just say what you did was okay, right? I'm trying to say, let me let go of that so it doesn't burden me, right? And so, you know, it reminds me, and I shared this with you last week, is that, you know, one of my mentors said to me, there's many levels of truth to any concept, any idea, esoteric or not. There's levels of truth, right? And perhaps, you know, that first layer of truth from my perspective is that, you know, forgiveness is a gift to somebody else. That's yeah. true, right? Yes. Yes. The second layer of truth includes that first layer of truth, which the second layer of truth perhaps is forgiveness is not for someone else, but for you and perhaps for both things, right? It's not just for the other person, but it's also for you. And then maybe that third layer of truth, and this is where we started sort of digging in last week, is that forgiveness is creating that space, right? It's that grace. It's actually grace is the word of freeing yourself from the limits that you've put on yourself, on your heart. And you said it much more eloquently than I just said it, but it was such a huge aha to me of how that allows for that healing that you're talking about. So can we dig into that a little bit? Because that's the gold in this. Yeah, because I think, so this is where we were speaking, is that that second truth which you're speaking of, I think is a truth where forgiveness is often spoken of is this gift to yourself to, I think it's Nelson Mandela who said, as it releasing yourself from the prison of those, um, of that toxic energy. I think that's who said it, but it's true. I think that is a truth and it is beautiful that we can forgive for ourselves, not necessarily for this other person. This third truth is where I really found the profound experience of grace, allowing something else to emerge, which is that in this experience I was having, I was caring for someone, as you said, and in a fragile state, and they didn't even know I was. It was, you know, it, they didn't even have the sense of, oh, they're still caring for me. And I had this, I'm going to be very vulnerable here and transparent with your community about how in the beginning when I was in this moment, I felt like a little twinge of, you know, like little discomfort. I couldn't even name it, just discomfort. And then I thought, well, no, this is the right thing to do for them. And, and that's great. Yeah, I think that's true. Another truth that they deserve that in that moment. And that's what allowed me to do it. I didn't feel any resentment or hesitation. I just felt some discomfort in my body. And then as I went forward and forward with this motion in this, in this situation, what I realized was since no one was receiving it as something they were getting, <laughs> and since I was giving it purely to give it, what I realized in that motion, in that experience of offering love, was that I had closed a piece of my heart in that initial wrong, in that initial hurt that had never opened back up. I had given this person grace. I had given the situation grace. I had even, I had even grown from it. You know, I had even thought of it as one of my superpowers. Now, nothing at all about it was limiting me in any way in my life or my function as a mother or a physician or anything. But what I realized is when I offered love to that person just to offer love, 
for no one, not for them, not for me. What I realized was I was opening a piece of my heart that had not opened in a very long time. And it was in that moment that I realized, well, there's more to this process of grace. There's another layer, another truth, as you beautifully said, that is if I can love for love's sake, then what I'm doing is opening up to myself. I'm opening up my heart back to myself. And I mean, I'm getting a little teary even thinking about it because it's big. You know, it's like this sort of loving, not because they deserve it and not even because I deserve the freedom from that energy, but because I deserve to be loved again in that corner of my heart. Right. Right. And to give love to yourself in that corner of your heart, right? That was what was so big is that in this idea of grace, there is that space to also love because you deserve it, as you said. I mean, that is the most profound thing. You wrote this, actually. You wrote an article, and we will make sure that we link it in the the show notes on your Substack. And I was reading it, and you said, I loved not because they deserved it, but because I deserved it. And that line just took my breath away when I read it over the weekend. I was just like, oh my gosh, that is, isn't that the truth just in life in general, but especially in this sort of situation? It was really profound for me. And it it was such a profound experience of understanding that I not only deserve love in that corner of my heart, I deserve to love from that corner of my heart. I now wish I had written that. I know. I wish I had written that in that article, but it was just the beginning of my processing. What I really realized was I not only deserved to love that corner of my heart, but I deserve to love from that corner of my heart. I deserve to love and offer that love again in that way. Not to that person, not to but because that part, it shut down and it really feels poignant to me at a time in the world where I want to shut down, where the pain is so big in the world. And it made me realize that this act of loving is everything. It's everything. And I know we'd speak, I know like all we need is love and there's a Beatles song for it and whatever, all of it, you know, and it kind of sounds hokey sometimes. and. I think in that moment, in those moments, it became another layer of true for me. That if I can love, it made me start thinking. If you look in that article I read, I wrote that I said, I want to think about all the corners of my heart. I want to explore them. Where have I not loved from? And how can I love from them again? I don't have the answer to that yet, but that's where I'm wanting to to roam right now. Because it was so freeing. It was so expansive. It is so expansive. And that was so profound for me, Avanti. So profound. Yeah. No, and that was for me as well. I was just, I mean, I was standing outside somewhere getting a cup of coffee and then I just was walking back and forth listening to you. I was getting very teary because I was like, my gosh, this is big. This is big. This is big. I said that like three times to you because this is that next layer of truth 
for me personally. And I want to offer that to everyone who's listening too, is that maybe this is another layer of truth for you. And Mm -hmm. I think what was so profound for me, again, was this idea of almost like opening up your heart more where you've closed it off. Like I'm a very visual person, so I tend to share a lot of visual images, but like I literally, I, I almost pictured as my heart as like this home with little rooms and that I turned the lights back on in a room where it had been dark, where maybe the door had been closed, the windows had been closed, the shades had been pulled. There's cowwebs across, you know, the door, the doorway, because I haven't gone in there. And what you're talking about is, is like opening that door in that little room of your heart that you've closed and letting some light in. And what happens? Like, that's how I was really thinking about it. It's like that image kept coming to me of like going through a house and turning on the lights somewhere. I exactly think that's it. And it's you turn that light on and then you realize what you see and what you feel. And it's liberation, right? And I speak about this in my book all the time. It feel it also felt so profound because it felt like, oh, this is the next step of that chapter on yeah. grace. Yeah. That like now just happened, you know, I think, I mean, I even titled that article, I want to revise a chapter right now, you know, <laughs> because I wanted to add this to it. And that feels like so beautiful that we can keep leaning into these tools. And even when it feels like we have released from all the toxicity of a harm, when that can happen, and we're lucky enough and privileged enough for that to happen there can be even more healing, right? And it feels so beautiful and so liberating to turn on that light. Yeah, yeah. So this sort of leads me to another question that I had for you, because, you know, you have spoken about this in your TED Talk and gratitude and even in your book, this this equation that you have, right? Suffering equals pain times resistance. How does suffering come into this piece of grace, do you think? And maybe the second follow, the follow-up question to that is like, where does someone start with this? Because again, these are big concepts. Like, I don't even know, actually, even after having this profound, you know, sort of realization with you of how it was affecting me of like, okay, well, where do I start even? (laughs) It's not like I'm going to make a list and then go start, you know, trying to give grace. Like, what do I do? So let's go back to the suffering equals pain times resistance. How is it connected to suffering? Uh, Because, you know, we sit in this very normal, familiar place of, I wish this didn't happen. I'm going to, I'm taking the situation of someone wronging us since that's what we're talking about. I wish this didn't happen. Why do I have to be so angry still? Why can't I heal from this? Why can't I feel better? Why does this person still have to bother me? And on and on is resistance to what is. Because the what is, is it did happen. The what is, is you are angry. The what is, is that they still incite that in you. Whatever your is's are. And once you can really own the is, what is happening, you dampen that R, that resistance. And then not only does that decrease the suffering, but it allows the P, the pain, to be more visible. 
because often we can't see what our pain is when it's layered on, piled on by the resistance and the suffering that comes from that. And so it's really this sort of unpacking and unlayering of all the resistance to what is. And I think the most potent part of those what is that I feel for myself and thousands of patients I've worked with is this what is about our emotions. I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel frustrated. I don't want to still be dealing with this. You know, kind of some self-doubt and shame around how we feel when if we can be with what we feel, we can get to the pain and actually lean into what the pain is and heal from the pain itself. So it's not an easy process, but it is simple in that we can unlayer that R. Right. And so what you're saying, what I'm understanding from that is that space that you're creating through using grace allows for those emotions, right? That space to feel the emotions, to address the what is maybe and identify it and look at it and bring it into the light. It's kind of like it all goes together because you're turning on the light to shine a light on it too. And then allowing yourself to feel from there, right? Yes, yes. Because it's kind of, you know, I always say this to patients and to myself, Mm -hmm. which is that healing is feeling what you feel and then feeling into that. I mean, really being with what you're actually experiencing instead of what you wish you were experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how that equation really plays into it. And so then how does someone start with us? Like, where do we start? Well, for one, I would say we start gently. We give ourselves lots and lots of compassion. This is hard work. Um, in, in my chapter on grace, I actually talk about some steps such as decide first that someone or something deserves grace. You know, really just start with and and I say this in the book, please start, don't start with the hardest person in your life. You know, I mean, don't go to the hardest thing to do. Sure, that would be somewhere to try to reach, but it's not something you have to start with. And I wouldn't, in fact. And I would say that no matter what, I think that the place to start can always be with yourself. Because even if someone has wronged you, somehow, somewhere, you have taken it in as part of your own flaw of your humanity. Somewhere you have linked it to your worth. I clearly had because I just opened a light after 50 years, right? You know, I mean, clearly we all do that. And if you can start with yourself in just saying, I deserve grace for suffering, for for enduring, for having to manage this pain, I deserve grace. And I would always say starting with yourself is such a beautiful and almost the most important place to start. After that, there's different, there's actually meditation I describe how to do with grace to start with it. It's, you can also get it for free on my website. You don't have to buy the book, but if you read the book, you would know it's in there. You can go to my website and look at it. I describe some tools to do, as I was saying, distance yourself a little bit and offer grace from afar. Sometimes when we're too close in, it's difficult. And I mean, this is another bigger tool, but I would say the work I do in psychedelics is really potent for this. So there's all kinds of tools, right? 
enlist your team of support, your mental health professionals, your trauma therapists, your somatic therapists, you know, if you have the privilege to afford those things, enlist them. And if you don't, then do things like get my book from the library or read books that have these kind of tools so that you can claim your own justice. None of this has to be bought. This is all within us. It just right. takes gentle, soft steps. Right. Right. And, and that desire to face it, right? Because sometimes it's really hard to face these things, right? It's not, this is not an easy process. I mean, I know I've, I've, we teach what we need to learn, right? Yes. So let me ask you this question. You know, we're heading into the holidays. It's a holiday week when everybody's listening to this, getting together with family, with friends. This is a difficult time of year for anyone and everyone in so many different ways. So it's not, I'm not asking this as far as, I mean, you just told us some steps of how to approach it, but like, how would you approach going into Thanksgiving dinner, going into the holidays, the holiday, you know, get togethers, whatever. How how do you, what would be some ideas that we could take with us? (laughs) Well, I just wrote a whole article for a magazine that's coming out in December about this because it's such a big topic. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's such a big topic. I would say, though, that in this short time closing out, that what I would say is to enlist grace as a companion, to say, here I am going into this dinner and I am feeling anxious. I am feeling, uh, you know, activated. I am feeling worried about how this might go. Can you take grace as your own invisible companion? Can you go into this gathering? And say, when I feel I need space, I will take some deep breaths and I will breathe in grace for myself. And don't have any goal or or agenda of forgiving or giving grace to all these family members who are driving you crazy right now in this gathering. (laughs) Allow yourself grace for saying, despite how this feels. And I will say, especially in the charged political conversations that we're having, I think family gatherings are getting more and more touchy, activating. And so offer yourself grace that despite the fact that you know you will most likely be activated or this will be difficult, yet you came to connect, to offer love, And offer love to yourself. And if not yourself, well, definitely yourself. But in addition to yourself, if there is anyone at that gathering who you feel it's easy to flow love to, go and flow love to them so that you keep your heart a little more open. Because when we shut down is when we shut down to ourselves and we deserve better than that. Mm. That is so beautiful to take grace as your companion. I I just... Love that. And I think this image of space, of just creating that white space, just a little bit of space between responding to something that someone said, between an emotion coming out, right? Towards someone. I think the breath is such a powerful tool because it does create that space right there. It's not even like you don't even have to leave the room, although you can do that too. But I think just taking that breath a couple of breaths is mm-hmm. white space that that time to allow yourself grace and space and time and space for emotions within or or thinking about how do i want to respond or what's happening here or 
like you said, just, or maybe even tapping into this knowing or that decision of, I came anyway to the dinner. I came anyway to the gathering because I wanted to connect and maybe just tapping into the connection is what I wanted. So let me not get activated right now. Let me not respond to that activation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I think there are people who come because they feel they have to, they don't want to, Right. they didn't come anyway because they wanted to, right. Mm -hmm. They felt like it was too much. There's probably too much consequence of not coming that they don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're that person. And then I would say, okay, if I don't deserve to have to feel this obligation, but what do I deserve to receive tonight? What do I deserve? And take grace for yourself and space to find what you deserve tonight. Maybe it's offering love for love's sake. Maybe it's giving yourself a little nurturing breath through the evening. Maybe it's finding one person who you feel you can make a connection with. And maybe it's just surviving the night and getting out and that's your resilience. But you deserve to receive, to recognize something of this evening that you have come to get, right? And so I think that is where we can reclaim justice, even when it feels like it's something we had to do, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really this intention, sort of having an intention of of receiving what we need. And I know this has been a, a theme for me this whole year. You've you've helped me so much with this idea of of allowing ourselves to receive what we need also. And then the layer on top of that is that we can give it to ourselves in that moment too, right? I think that's right. what's so profound about this whole conversation is that loving for love's sake is also giving that love to yourself, opening that light in that that spot in your heart and that room in your heart that maybe has been dark for so many years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah. A lot to think about. (laughs) I mean, just in this conversation, I feel like I had a deeper landing of all of this for myself. So I am, I'm grateful to you for this opportunity. Thank you. My pleasure. I feel like that's where we should end this episode because I feel like that's a lot. And I think it's, it's something for all of us to really reflect on uh, in this time in the world and this time in the year with holidays and all of those things. So let me thank yeah. you so much for doing this with me. I, um, I really appreciate your willingness to be so vulnerable, to share something that has just come up for you in the last seven days since, you know, the time of this recording. Um, And it's really raw and for you to share with us and Mm -hmm. to help us learn from your experience. You are, you're a gift. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'll have chai with you anytime. (laughs) I can't wait to do it in person. I hope I'll see you soon, soon, soon. So I love you. Love you. Thanks again for listening to The Healing Catalyst. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass it along to a friend. And if you're feeling really inspired, please rate and review so that others can find this podcast more easily. To learn more, head to avantikumarsingh.com. And to connect with me directly, find me on Instagram at avantikumarsingh. I'll be back next week and hope that you will be too. Until then, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.